Hello and welcome to the Maths Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 587. Releasing February 16 in theatres across the US is Land of Bad, an action thriller that stars Liam Hemsworth as a rookie Air Force combat controller who finds himself behind enemy lines after a mission gone haywire. His only hope for survival is a seasoned Air Force drone pilot played by Russell Crowe. A war thriller of high stakes, intense action scenes, and engaging performances. Land of Bad also marks the latest film from director William Eubank. I'm glad to say he joins me now on the podcast. How are you, William? Oh, not too bad. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I love that word haywire. That's like, things go haywire. It's like, what does that even mean? But I love the word. It's like, shit gets crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, haywire is such a, a good word. Anyways, good to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here. And shit indeed does go crazy in, in your movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's really interesting, just doing some research on it. From what I understand, it's like 15 years back, you had the initial idea for this film and you wrote a script, um, the initial stages of a script for it anyway at that time. Um, and drone warfare at that time was a really kind of the like cornerstone of like counterterrorism um, warfare at that time, right? So what yeah. is it about the drone warfare that really kind of appealed to you as a filmmaker and storyteller that you wanted to to base a war film around that that type of uh, evolution of uh, of war? I mean, yeah. So written, we wrote this thing a long time ago, all the way in the signal days. And at the time we were like learning more about like, where these i i think we had discovered that like yeah the drone operators and maybe that was public knowledge or i just didn't know but um i did not know that a drone operator back then was in las vegas or around creech or whatever and and he's doing missions all the way you know across the world so that was super enticing to me and it just seemed like the perfect place to uh build a story around um but, uh, you know, it wasn't really until we met some of the JTACs themselves and went out to like Fort Irwin that we that the real sort of story of the guys on the ground started to mesh with the, the guys in the room back in, you know, the States. When it came to basing the, this story in the Sulu Sea, which is just a just reading up on it, it's just absolutely fascinating. It's this like this pirate stronghold in the Pacific yeah, Ocean. It's really um, was wild. that always... It is crazy. I mean, is that something that was always on top of mind of space in this film there? Or did you have kind of like other other places, other uh, places of interest that, that went through um, like the evolution of, of this script? Absolutely. Like, to be quite frank, we originally, of course, had it out in the desert. And, you know, over time, that sort of felt like that that story had been told. And the more we got into it, the more we realized that like a lot of drone work and a lot of special forces stuff are things that we never hear about may never hear about unless something happens where somebody really wants to get to the bottom of it and it gets declassified a million years later so when we started looking into that and looking at where are those hot zones they are all over the world there's things that happen in africa there's things that happen in the philippines and you know we we were like okay could we place this somewhere else and i remember at one point we were having a conversation with uh somebody about well okay if the drone flew from here and it was taking off from guam is that too far and they mm. kind of like wink wink we're like well we can't say anything but there's bases that are a lot closer than that <laughs> and that's when we were like oh wow okay that's 
good to know. Like, <laughs> you know, it was very uh, eye-opening, I guess you could say. But um, yeah, I guess there's little, you know, there's, there's it just at that point we were like, okay, we don't need to set this in a sand movie. You know, we could make this kind of a throwback to action nineties jungle stuff that we love and really enjoy. So we were speaking happy to- of that. Speaking of those um, action jungle stuff that we love, um, Lou, um, Liam Hemsworth is really thrown into the ringer here. He's a, such a physical performance that he has in this movie. What was that like um, filming uh, those scenes with Liam where he's just been surrounded by explosions or this, uh, you know, just like mock gunfire running through the jungle and such? I mean, when you have a physical performance like that, I'm sure it would have been not only fun to put together, but also very um uh, very high risk as well to try to pull something off like that yeah look you're always just carefully everything's so planned out we had a lot of explosions on this and a lot of them most of them are real um so it's just you're just you know you move very slowly very methodically um and yeah you it seems crazy you know when you cut it together but it's such a slow very careful process that um you, you know we're always trying to we're doing it in safe ways, you know. Um, and my uh stunt coordinator, uh Mark Rayner, he I've done every single movie I've ever done with him. Now he's working on Tron up in uh Toronto, I believe. But um he's such a genius and he's you know, of course he's he was a stunt guy himself, so he's very like safety conscious. So um yeah, we're just always being really careful and Liam just threw himself at it and just like put the pedal to the metal every time and just really um it was just such a joy working with him because he he just would never stop so i'm excited uh yeah just i'm i'm pumped for him to to continue kind of doing this kind of cool crazy stuff so such a good guy on the, on the end of the spectrum we have a russell crowe who plays the, the drone operator i i have a, a little theory in a question in regards to the appearance in this film did the the did the infamous director John Milius in any way uh, influence his look? Because when I was looking at Russ at some times during the movie, I was like, because I've watched a Milius documentary a couple of months ago, um, and I've been on a bit of a Milius kick lately. I'm just like, man, he could pull off <laughs> a really good John Milius. Uh, thing, it just sometimes it looks. With the, he the didn't, but I mean, that's great. You know, it's it's so funny. I mean, I I could totally see that, but uh, but yeah, no, it wasn't the influence really, but but that's amazing. Uh, that's an amazing thought for sure. When it comes to the interactions between the two, um, whenever I talk to directors about scenes where people are talking to each other via phone or some type of communication device, they go about it in different ways. Yeah. How do you go about it with um with um uh, Liam and and Russ? Do you have in any time them actually talking to each other, or is it all just like um off camera with other people? No, what you do like on a movie like this because obviously they're going to happen in sections, so. Um, what we did is we did a ton of reads with Russell and Liam first, and that way we could really get to the bottom of each scene and really go, okay, we're pretty sure that this is how the scene's going to play out. And if there's any changes, we could kind of make those changes and, you know, really think about what they're going to be talking about. We, we established that first and those are just reads. Those are like rehearsals. Then from there, you do the action, gather the action and, in our case, it was pretty cool because we actually had a drone, an infrared drone, all time, always shooting the whole movie above the action. So what we were able to do was shoot Liam's scenes, have this infrared drone, 
And then when we went back to the drone room, Liam would be in a room or two rooms away, you know, fully kitted out talking to Russell. And then Russell was able to like, we were able to build onto his screen, our drone footage of the action. And he actually, this is the crazy thing. The guys somehow built it in where he could use his actual joystick, zoom in, zoom out, pan around, watch the image as it was playing mm -hmm. and also control his computer, which is just mind blowing to me. The only unrealistic thing was there was always like, you know, off to the side in that footage for him, there was like a camera crew, you know, on right. the ground. But yeah. um, it was pretty cool the way it worked. And, um, you know, that's like, it, it was great for their their uh, ability to just really act with each other. So The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Get the latest showtimes, guarantee tickets, browse Rotten Tomatoes scores, and watch trailers with Fandango, the number one movie ticketing app. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Gift Card Store. Australia's leading provider of gift cards. Gift Card Store offers a variety of prepaid MasterCard and Visa cards in physical or e-card format. You can even design your own card as the ultimate personalized gift. With Gift Card Store, you can gift the gift you know they will love. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. The camaraderie between the two is really strong and you can feel it throughout the film. And it made me think it's such a high intense situation that these, the drone pilots and the people on the ground are, are in, um, life and death literally. In any of your research, did you ever find out whether the drone pilots and the people on the ground ever interact in real life afterwards? Or do they have to have a, a certain amount of um, separation between the two so there's no blur? You know, there? it's... I never, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have, depending on. That's a good question. Um, I'm sure they have, but I'm sure it's really rare because I'm sure you get probably different pilots every single time you. And it's very, I'm sure it. it's very, you know, robust robotic to a certain degree at first but depending on what you you go through you know i'm sure mm -hmm. if you go through a real gauntlet like this i have a feeling those people would meet you know but if it's just like you're getting called in and you're just painting a nine line for something and then then you log off you probably are never ever ever hearing from that pilot ever again <laughs> but i'm sure if it was something like this uh you know and i'm sure there have been situations like that i'm sure they connect you know I would like to hope. So. To, yeah, I, 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 you know, because I just thinking to myself, how cool would it be if there was, um, you know, in a world where both of these characters kind of like meet up for a beer at at the, at the, at the spot that. Well, it's so funny. That was a right? note. Uh, it was a note from the producers that we should throw a scene in the very end where they're meeting up for a beer. <laughs> so that would have been great.
We should have had that scene. Uh, they're both hitting golf balls out onto the tarmac. <laughs> at that time, I'm sure uh, Russ's character Reaper will be up to his fifth marriage. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, land of Dad. You... That's our yeah, scene. Land of Dad. It's be called Land of Dad. <laughs> land of Dad. Absolutely. Um, when it came to a certain aspect of your film, which I'd give you kudos for, um, you know, sometimes some people do the shaky cam thing and they can't pull it off. You are one of the rare filmmakers that I've seen like be able to pull it off well because when you do it in your film, it enhances the action and doesn't distract from it. Oh, um, which you. I think it, which I think is just operative for that type of filmmaking. Um, how do you pull off doing the scenes that you do? Because you have your camera in the thick of fight scenes, you have a twist in the turning along with the physicality of the characters, which I think is just mind-blowing how you pull that off. Um, what are your secrets to the trade when it comes to pulling off that type of action filmmaking? Because like I said, it's very rare when people get it right, and I'm just really interested in, in what the secret source is on your end. Honestly, the real secret is, well, I started as a cinematographer, so I have a brain towards it a little bit, but but really it just comes down to a great operating, great operator. Uh, Augustin Clermont was my DP on this, and he was also the operator. And I think crazy action, you really, you know, depending on what camera you're shooting, like for me, if we're shooting the Alexa, we break that camera down super, super small. And really tiny because a lot of guys will like put it on their shoulder, which is a that's going to be so shaky. It's going to make you just like. Ugh. And then if you hang it from the string, like a lot of guys do, that's also now it's going to be anchored on that string and that's going to be weird. So you really need to get that, in my opinion, get that camera small enough where all the heavy the operator needs. to. This is just like literally what I do. <laughs> operator needs to wear all the stuff on the back cable to the camera. So the camera's like almost just this big. And that has a top handle, okay? And then then the monitor needs to be whatever, however that operator likes to watch. It's either here or here, depending on if they're right or left-handed. And then they film like this. Like it's a little, like you're holding the camera like this. So your arm really absorbs most of the weight, but you don't have any tricks to it. And it feels it's organic, handheld. Also, then you probably need to be on like a 24 mil or a 35 mil lens, depending on what kind of camera you're shooting. And then that's the trick to me to shooting very in your face. And you have to have an amazing focus puller who can be standing off to the side and keeping this all in focus. But that to me has always felt the richest. Um, I still have lots to learn. Still, there's things I want to do and try. But for now, that's my recipe for handheld is getting that camera light, having a large lens so you can hold it away from you. And then a good operator will now instinctively almost not watch the thing. They will run, they will like dance with the actor and really just kind of point and just keep, keep pointing their wrist at the action. And it, it uh, it's always, it, to me, it's always very dynamic and exciting to watch those shots, you know? So. Well, I gotta say watching it on my monitor from home, um, it looks incredible. I'm sure it would look even more so when people see it in theaters. This, uh, oh, thank 16. you so much. Uh, and I think this is a movie that people need to see in theaters because the sound effects of that sound effects, yeah, and the halo jump or something else, and oh, the battle scenes you. and the explosions. And just my uh, sound guys, and you know, all my, my, all my guys are all guys I've worked with since underwater, and um, yeah, Wayne Lamar mixed it. 
We, you know, he spent so much time that I feel like normally on a movie of this budget, you don't get that time or you don't get that ability to do that. And Wayne is just such a, you know, he does way bigger movies than me. In fact, his main guy that he works for is Wes Anderson, believe it or not. So mm -hmm. you wouldn't think that for to go Wes Anderson here, but he's such a genius. And uh, I love, I saw it last night again and saw it in a theater here in LA for another screening and, Man, I was just so impressed with Wayne's sound design. I was like, God, he's so good. He's just so good. So, It's a great job, great craft here. And everyone out there listening, February 16, in theaters across the U.S., Land of Bad, Liam Hemsworth, um, Russell Crowe, um, both on top of the game. Really highly recommend that people check this out in the cinemas. Watch it in theaters, people. Buy a <laughs> ticket. Watch it in thank theaters. You. So it's meant to be. Will you, Bank, thank you for your time today. Congrats with the film. Hey, thank you so much, Matthew. I appreciate it.